Hey, Paranormies, I'm Alexa. And I'm Brittany. And this is They Don't Stay Dead. episode for you today. So since starting this podcast and telling my friends and family about what we're doing and the topics that we're doing it on, I've had quite a lot of people open up to me and tell me their ghost stories and want to share what they've experienced. So today, rather than Alexa and I researching a haunted place, I'm going to read to you and to Alexa some ghost stories from some good friends and family of mine. I'm really excited to hear them. And I'm going to take a bit of a backseat on this episode because I'm still sick and coughing all the time. It's okay. You can just chime in with a laugh every now and then. Good. <laughs> all right. So the first story I'm going to read to you is actually from our very good friend, Jeremy. So his story starts off. Hi, they don't stay dead. Here is a story of what happened to my sister while living in a rental house about 10 years ago. She had moved into this old house, most likely built in the late 50s or early 60s, with her two children who were five and eight at the time. When she moved in, the garden was really overgrown, but there was one plant that was dead. It was a small tree with a plaque under it, and it said, For Margaret. In brackets, he says he can't quite remember the name, but he was pretty sure that it was Margaret. My sister did a bit of investigating and learnt that Margaret was the original owner who had passed away. Jump forward a few weeks and my sister hears footsteps running up and down the hallway. She assumed it was her daughter but then realised she was in the room with her so she went to go and investigate but didn't find anything. This would continue to happen as well as hearing knocking on the walls. A couple of months later, while both her kids were at their grandparents' house, My sister heard crying coming from down the hall, followed by a voice that sounded like her daughter calling out mummy over and over. (laughs) Your face. (laughs) I know, it's terrifying. I'm like, who is it? (laughs) My sister shouted out, be quiet, Margaret. And the voice stopped. What? The next day, she pulled out the dead tree in the garden and didn't hear anything else after that. Are you serious? Yeah. Jeremy said he remembers when he went to visit, there was always a feeling of something not wanting him to be there as he walked to the front door. And he said that feeling stopped once the dead tree was gone. Oh, how strange. He writes, hope this is the sort of story you're wanting. It is Jeremy. Thank you. For sure. How creepy. So creepy. Why was she like joined to the tree i don't know joined to the tree what's the right word attached attached i don't know with the the tree so i assume she wasn't buried in the backyard because that would be weird (laughs) (laughs) i think she would get more angry if you ripped up the tree and she was buried underneath yes exactly so i think maybe she planted that tree herself or her family planted it in her memory And that's why the little plaque was there for her and she attached herself to that tree. But yeah, once the tree was gone, it was dead anyway, but once it was gone, (laughs) Margaret no longer bothered his sister. Mm. I would 
really shit myself if I was home alone. I don't have kids, but if I had kids and I was home alone and my kids weren't with me and I hear mummy being screamed down the hallway, no thank you. Yeah. So this next story is from one of my friend's dad and it's titled The Shuffle Man in a Dressing Gown. The Shuffle Man already sounds bad. Or is it just me? I just went and put on my dressing gown. (laughs) (laughs) You've had that purple dressing gown, I swear to God, since I met you. (laughs) It's been in your life for as long as I've known you. Since I I was wearing it, like, while I was still living at home with my parents. That's what I mean. It's been been in your life for a long time. (laughs) And I never wash it. (laughs) Gross. Joke, everyone. It's a joke. Yeah, she washes it once a year. Come on. I'm not that gross, people. (laughs) All right. The story starts. As a manager in an aged care facility, you get to hear stories of funny things happening. And in an old established facility over many years, stories emerge that you have to take with a grain of salt. Over time and the more hours I stayed and worked in this facility, the stories started to appear to have some substance. So... I will try to relate my experiences as I've encountered them. As part of my daily duties, after a main meal was served, I walked the facility to check that it had been cleaned and reset, ready for the next shift to take over in the evening. I would stop and interact with the residents to see if they were happy with the meal and chat with the catering staff to see how they were doing and if anything needed changing. During the rounds on this particular day, I stopped to talk to the catering officer on for the shift. Sorry. During the rounds on this particular day, I stopped to talk to the catering officer on for the shift and we were both standing in a small kitchenette chatting about the day's meal and the meal for dinner. As we were talking, we were looking out of the main kitchen and as residents walked behind us, I could see them in the reflection of the window and I would turn to say hello and bid them good day. It was during this conversation with the catering officer that I saw in the reflection of the window another resident walking behind me. He was an old man shuffling in old slippers with a red and black plaid dressing gown, tied at the waist and wearing an old driving cap. So there we go. It's not you because your dressing gown is purple. (laughs) (laughs) I spoke a few seconds more to the catering officer and not wanting to miss acknowledging him, I excused myself and turned to say hello to the gentleman. But when I turned, he was nowhere to be seen. I turned immediately back to the catering officer. She asked if I was okay and I asked why. She said that my face had turned grey and do I need to sit down. I asked her if she saw the old man that had walked behind us and if she saw where he had gone. She had seen him walk behind us but hadn't seen where he had gone. So, not knowing, I went to investigate, track him down and make sure he was okay. I asked the nurses around and after describing who I saw, they were adamant that there was no one that fitted that description. It was then that a nurse who had been there for many years recalled a gentleman who had passed away some years ago and said he always wandered the hallways wearing his slippers, dressing gown and driving cap. Mm. So creepy. Well, I mean, he was just doing his regular. I wonder if that was, um, what do we describe in last? Residual energy. Yeah. I wonder if it was just like. He, you can't actually interact with him because he's he just, just that's just what he used to do. And he's just like that. Shuffle on repeat. Yeah, he just shuffles around. <laughs> All right, this next story is from a good friend of mine. 
As someone who seems to be in tune to the paranormal, I'm able to sense presences and or people. It's not often that I see anyone in full detail, more so like an outline of figures and shadows or just masses. But what I am able to get is a sense of emotions and or gender from these beings. So these experiences and interactions give me an abundance of stories. Here is one of those stories. I was having a sleepover with a friend of mine and late that night I felt a female presence enter the room from behind me. As I turned, I saw an outline of a person leaning against my elliptical, which is an exercise machine. I had to look that up. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's what it's called, apparently. So she, the person was leaning on my, against my elliptical that's positioned in front of a window. I generally ignore visitors as a prevention of more coming through. Unfortunately, this woman radiated irritation and annoyance. I could see her across her arms and was just watching us. I unfortunately had to stop my friend mid-conversation and told her to give me a minute. I then addressed the woman and told her she wasn't welcome and had to leave. I watched her drop her arms to her side and take a step forward. In brackets, this made me poo my pants just a wee bit. So the ghost is all like, <laughs> you what? You what, mate? Oh my God, it totally staunched her. <laughs> I adamantly told her she had to leave. She radiated annoyance and slight anger. She ended up walking away and leaving, in brackets, thank goodness. I told my friend all was okay, but unfortunately the woman left me and my friend with a roaring headache and we both felt drained, in brackets, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ended up just going to bed and had no more issues. The next morning I saged my house and just about smoked out my room. On the upside, she's not returned since. <laughs> Good. Who was this crabby lady? I don't know. Just, I'm pissed off and now, now I'm going to take all your energy. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a Karen. <laughs> Karen in the ghost world. What a bitch. <laughs> All right, this next story is from another friend's friend of mine's mum. <laughs> this next story is from one of my friend's mum and is titled The Ghost at Trutham House, True Time House. It's a very hard word to say. I think it's True Time. True Time? I'm not sure. Is it like me with last names? Yes. It's spelled T-R-A-U-T-H-E-I-M. Truthime. Yeah, I zoned out halfway through that. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> we're going with Truthime. Okay. All right. <laughs> this story starts. In 1998, we stayed at a house in Tanunda in the Barossa Valley with a group of old friends I know from Kumanduk Area School. The house was called Truthime and was built in 1914. It was once owned by a brother and three sisters who all lived together but never married. They were a very religious family, probably Lutheran, as many of the early families who settled in the area were descendants of German people escaping religious persecution. I was going to say, I'm like, that the word looks German to me, the way it's spelt. Hmm. During the night, I woke up as I heard a baby crying. As my daughter was only around a year old at the time, I thought it was just me dreaming as she was not with me and staying with her grandparents. It was either that or the house next door could have had a baby, I logically reasoned. I was fully awake and was trying to get back to sleep when I heard a sobbing and moaning noise coming from what seemed to be the hallway. I wondered what on earth was making that sound. My logical mind reasoned that it must be my friend's husband in the next bedroom snoring as he was a well-known snorer. 
just reminds me of you trying to logically reason everything. (laughs) (laughs) There's a logical reason behind why this is happening. I'm sure of it. So having put my mind to rest, I went back to sleep. The next morning around the breakfast table, I joked with my friends about how I heard him snoring that night. His wife told me that would have been impossible as her husband was using a sleep apnea machine and sleeps completely silent. I thought that was odd, but didn't think any more about it. I settled down in the lounge room with a cup of tea and started browsing through the visitor's book. This is the weird part. So many people had written in the book that they had heard exactly what I had heard. A baby crying, then someone moaning and sobbing. I just got full body chills. A suggestion in the visitor book said, maybe one of the sisters had fallen pregnant out of wedlock and her baby was done away with. But what actually happened, we'll never know. I am interested in ghosts and all things of the supernatural, but have never had any experience with it. And I guess you could say I was skeptical until that night at chore time. So creepy. Oh. Just. That's very strange that like. So many people had written about it. Exactly what she yeah. heard. Yeah. That is very weird. All right. My last story of the night is from my sister, Georgia. Shout out to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> this story is titled, I did a Ouija board and something followed me home. That <laughs> already sounds terrible. It is terrible. I remember this. (laughs) All right. This happened back around 2007. I was 16 at the time and some girlfriends and I decided to make our own Ouija board. It was the weekend and we decided to take it to the grounds of the local high school instead of doing it at my friend's house. In brackets, thank God we at least had that sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) I, I would love to do... We're definitely covering... Ouija boards at some point because I just find them fascinating but Mm. like I wonder if there's a difference between making your own and using I don't know like specific Ouija boards or if there's like a history behind them where like they get passed down from generations so some of them can be more reactive or I was listening to a story on a different podcast and yeah there was there was um one where they bought a Ouija board from like an op shop. Oh yeah. And then there was like already something in the board. What? Like when they when they tried to talk to it. Like sorry, not when they tried to talk to the board, but like when they tried to use the board <laughs> to talk, the other yeah. there was like something telling them to they're like say goodbye, say goodbye, say goodbye. And they're like, Oh, why are you telling us to say goodbye? And they ignored it. And they didn't listen and then something else kind of took over and it was like (gasps) a different presence and then everything just got really messed up. Oh my God, that's insane. That's a really good premise for a horror movie too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I think that they were originally, yeah, they originally reached out, found, I guess, like a friendly ghost and the friendly ghost was like telling telling them them to, to, like, you need to stop this right now. And then, but they didn't. Because they're reckless kids. And the other thing came in. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. So I will never do a Ouija board because I'm terrified of them. But I feel like if you do decide to do a Ouija board and the Ouija board is telling you to say goodbye, then you listen to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I will listen to that thing. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, you want me to say goodbye? I'll say goodbye. I don't, I don't need to have a conversation with you. I think as soon as like the planchette starts moving on its own, I'll be like, ah, oh, goodbye. <laughs> Just freak out <laughs> before I even get an answer. <laughs> oh, so scary. All right, back to George's story. We set up and had the glass upside down. So this is, I didn't realize you could just use a glass as well. Mm. I've, re- I've read this in a few other stories. So you don't just have to have a planchette. You can also just use a glass. Yeah. So. Also, um, sorry, just back to the location. You said a school oval. Uh, yeah, I think they're in the oval. For some reason in my mind, like my memory of this, I have them envisioned sitting like under a... Um, uh, like a bike shed kind of thing, like somewhere in in the – that's just where I place them. I'm like, that's where you were. But, no, I think they're on the over- – Okay. Was this, like, in one of our schools? No, or- this is – I believe it was in Frankston – around Frankston High School. Okay. Not Mornington High. Okay. So we set up and had the glass upside down with all of our pinky fingers on top. It moved, but I can't quite remember what it spelled. I've also felt skeptical about this before because you never really know if someone's just moving the glass, but all three of us agreed that we weren't manipulating it. While we are performing our little seance, there is a kid roughly 16 metres away playing basketball within our sight. One of my friends recognised him and said his little brother, who was around 10 years old, died within the last year or so. The strange thing was, was this boy was alone just shooting hoops but over near one of the buildings was a kid that looked about 10 years old just watching him. I have chills again. (laughs) Especially because, like, I remember the aftermath of when Georgia came home after this and what happened in our house, and I'm scared about just reading this out loud if I, like, open up that pathway again. (laughs) Have that spirit attach itself. I I think you're okay just talking about it. All The boy played basketball by himself for a while and then left, never interacting with the younger boy. But the 10-year-old followed behind him when he left, but from a distance, and they still never interacted. Mm -hmm. My friends and I finished up, and I went home later that afternoon. I was sleeping alone in my room that night. When I woke up, my eyes still closed. I could hear what I will describe as children's music. Kind of like that music that is in one of those old music boxes that plays a melody when it's opened. I opened my eyes and what I saw scared the absolute hell out of me. Right next to my bed, standing over me, was a completely black silhouette about the size of a 10-year-old boy. I was so afraid that all I could manage to do was shut my eyes and just lay there, eventually rolling over to face the wall and cover myself in blankets while I silently cried. I managed to fall back asleep and at some point awoke in the safety of daylight. I remember, again, I don't know if it's just my memory (laughs) about this, but I remember Georgia telling me that it had red eyes. Like, and it was like in my memory, it was playing carousel music. Like she was, she heard like that children carousel music, this figure and it had red eyes, but like, I don't know. I was a child then too. my imagination maybe went wild but it's still scary yeah so scary um then she writes it never visited me again and i'm not sure if it was the boy if it was something else in that shape oh my god remember you said that like demons can take the shape of old loved one spirits or like try to be something a little bit more comforting to allow you to let them in 
Yeah. Yuck. I have never done another Ouija board. Thank God, Georgia. Please don't ever do another one ever. (laughs) (laughs) She thinks, she's like, I think it scared me so much. I don't know if I'll be able to see a spirit again. So, like, that's how I kind of, I don't know if it's just because I've, as we get older, I don't know, we just become less receptive to it, but like these spirits used to scare me so much that I just, I haven't seen a physical ghost sighting in such a long time. And I'm wondering if it's, I've just completely closed my mind off. Like what Georgia said she's done. She's just, I did ask her about this. I was like, have you seen spirits since this night? She says, no, Hmm. but that, so I can't remember what episode we spoke about it, but do you remember me telling you about, oh, I think it was episode five when we were talking about the different types of spirits and the shadow pit person. Sorry to bring them up again. Yeah. But how I said that that shadow person was at the end of my bed and he was like a tall figure. Yeah. That happened um, after Georgia did this Ouija board. Oh. So I wonder if she brought something home, it couldn't get into her or like, she like blocked it out so then it came into my like not the same night but like hung around the house and came and visited me instead oh gross yeah <laughs> so gross but also based off what we were talking about in that ghost types episode um and you saying that you know demons can disguise themselves as friendly ghosts i think that it would disguise itself as a as a spirit known to you rather than a random boy yeah yeah, yeah. because if you saw a ghost of a random boy, you're still not likely to let it in because you'd be like, oh, it's a random ghost, like scary. Yes, exactly. So I don't see the benefit in disguising yourself as like a random ghost because that would still yeah. be scary to the person if it wanted to get its way in that way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I will believe it's that because the thought of having a demon in the house is terrifying. You know what we need to cover as well? The black-eyed children. Uh I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Like, I hear stories about them. I just, I don't know a lot of, I know and I don't know a lot about them. It just seems, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll cover it one time and tell you about it because they're really creepy. <laughs> sure. Cool. Um. So they're all the stories that I am going to share with you tonight. That was fun. I enjoyed reading those to you. Yeah. Some of them were so scary. Aren't they? And, like, people, you know, either haven't told people these stories before because they just don't know people would believe them or they just didn't really know who to speak to about it. So I love this platform that we're creating where people are starting to feel comfortable and be like, oh, people might actually believe me or, you know, other people have experienced something similar so they feel like I'm not alone in what I went through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We just want to create a little community where we all support each other and tell each other some really scary ghost stories. Yep. Scare each other too along the way. Support and fear. (laughs) Well, that was fun. So, Paranormies, if you have some stories you would like us to read on the podcast or just want us to read, we don't have to read them out. We just want to hear your stories. Please send them to they don't stay dead at gmail.com. And of course, if you're not comfortable, you can remain anonymous as well. So just let us know in the email too if you want us to read it out and if you want us to say your name or not. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, we hope you had fun listening to that one. I sure had fun telling it. Thanks, everyone. Bye.